You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. We're really happy to have you here today. I'm Leanne Dolan in Los Angeles. It's Super Tuesday. That's super, Leanne. It's a Super Tuesday show. <laughs> don't don't you think, Liz and Julie, we have a Super Tuesday show planned? <laughs> well, totally I, this is Liz. You know, we do, uh, I'm the middle sister. We do our show every Tuesday. So for me, every Tuesday is super. Don't you think, Jules? That's a good point. I do. I, I look forward to getting together with you. I'm the oldest sister. This is Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, uh, Texas. Uh, I've been an international traveler, been all over the place. Um, but I also, this morning, I, I think people in Middle Tennessee and Nashville woke up to the terrible, terrible um, news about the tornadoes that ripped through that area. So and I just... You know, as we start the show, I just want to, you know, send our best to those that are recovering from the tornado damage, that have loved ones that are in that area, that are worried about them. This sounded really scary. It was, you know, came at night. It was ra- wrapped in rain, rain, so people didn't even know it was going to be happening. Um, so we're just reaching out and, th- and thinking yeah. the best for them. Take yep. good care of yourselves out there. Yes. Thank yep. you, Julie. Thank you. Uh, we do have a full show here today. Um, first of all, we're going to talk about the coronavirus later mm-hmm. on in the show because, you know, yep. it seems sensible to do that. Yes. To yes. get your plans yes. ready, figure out what you're doing. Julie Leon was just sneezing here in this confined space where we work together. <laughs> and the moment uh, I commented on, she whipped out the uh, hand sanitizer. Yes. So. Okay. And now we'll get Good luck the, with that, you two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we'll get the letters that hand sanitizer doesn't do anything because it's a virus, right. not a bacteria. So we are, we are aware. Just emotionally makes us feel better. So that's what we're doing. Uh, Liz, you were at a fascinating conference this weekend. You're going to tell us all about your yes. creativity conference. Creativity Summit, Leanne. It's I figured something out, something very important. I'll tell oh, you when good. we get there. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to hearing you tell me about creativity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm looking forward I'm to this. I'm not saying there's anything I can teach you. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm just saying I got taught. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, good. I like that. That makes more sense to me. Um, all right. Uh, the New York Times did a comprehensive comparison of all those food delivery services. Uh-huh. Uh, and all yes. I can say, this is directly to my sons. I told you so. <laughs> Just paying a fortune. Oh, I'm looking forward to that yeah. part of the show. Paying Leanne, a fortune. For Any that. time that a mother can tell mm. adult sons, I told you so. That's that's a good that's a golden moment. It is. It's the best. It's it's. You mean we, it's not just free? All that Postmates stuff they order. It's not just like the deal of the century. Hard to believe, Liz. It's not. <laughs> Some of the markups will shock you. So, really? Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, we have a sports test today about the women's marathon. Oh yeah. This uh, just an amazing bunch of stories from the people that qualified to go to the Olympics and run the marathon. Now, both the men's and the women's side, but particularly the woman who came in second. I, she's our official satellite sister. Fantastic. And we have a bunch of book recommendations uh, later on in the show. The Sweeney Sisters giveaway. And then we're going to tell you more about our DC event. Yeah, May 17th. If you haven't circled it yet, 
do that now. Now's the time. Now's the time. D- details coming. So did you vote, Leanne? You I voted, right? I did vote. I did vote. So I, we, I live in California. I live in Pasadena, California. And we have a new voting system here in California, Julie. So uh-huh. I just want you to know it's going to take a while to get the California results for a bunch oh, of reasons. Oh, of course. We love it when it's complicated and okay. results uh, are delayed. That's good news. Okay, yeah, stop. happy to hear that. I stop. liked the new system. Stop, stop with that. As this is why I'm telling you. So that attitude doesn't pervade nationally. <laughs> because God forbid in California we actually want people to vote. <laughs> so what they have done is actually open up voting so more people can have access to voting. Yes. And there are a lot of people every, every, Everybody's in favor of that. Well, yeah. It yeah. didn't sound like you were in favor of it two <laughs> seconds ago. not in favor of delayed results. So okay. it's because they're counting the results. So we have mail-in ballots. We have provisional ballots. Mm-hmm. We have same-day registration. That's new mm-hmm. now. So if you haven't registered, you can come and register. Things take longer. And then we have millions and millions and millions of people here. People. So voters. Registered voters. Registered voters. So we enjoyed some. 11-day voting stations, mm-hmm. which is new. We've never, we've always had to jam it in on Tuesday or just mail it in, which is yeah. unsatisfying. Oh, no, or, yeah, because early voting is is really relaxed. It's and fun. really yeah. relaxing. It's good. Yes. Yeah. And now they've opened them up all over the place and you can go to any one. It doesn't yes. have to be, you know, it's your next door neighbor's house. So right. where I used to vote. Uh, so <laughs> if you remember... Yes, yes, in the garage. In the garage. Ray transformed into a voting center. Yes. R.I.P. Ray. Um, so... We miss him. I mean, I kind of miss going to Ray's house. But so my husband and I had a real voting date. Sunday, we planned it out right by the Rose Bowl. We have done all our due diligence. We've done our reading. We got out our recommendations and our newspapers. And we went out to lunch. We brought our sample ballots. We talked about it because we have a lot to vote on, not just the presidential, the Democratic presidential. Yes, we had a lot of judges to vote. A lot of judges. We have a mayor in Pasadena, our city council. We have some measures. It's a full slate mm-hmm. here in California. And I have to say, I loved the whole early voting thing. Mm-hmm. I loved having a date. I don't know if we voted for the same person. We sort of kept our presidential votes, uh, you know, private. But um, I, think, I think everyone can go into the voting booth and do whatever they need to do. That's right? it. That's it. And we have a new voting system, which is excellent here. It's sort of half electronic, half paper yes. is how I would describe it's a it. tablet. But it spits out a paper that then you can review and you feed back into the machine. Right. So it was you could actually there's you could actually check to make sure did I really vote for the person I wanted to vote for yes. before you submitted your yes. vote. So if I, I thought it was just relaxing yeah. and enjoyable. So as the results roll in, remember many people vote here. We get. <laughs> We give access oh, to a lot okay. of people. Pacific time zone Pacific and millions time zone. of people. Oh, okay. So just yeah. take a deep breath, <laughs> Texas, and just move. <laughs> And just let I us mean, do I mean, many of the innovations you're talking about, we've had in place here in Texas. But I'm glad <laughs> that good. we're uh, that you're sharing some yeah. of our yes. innovations. Yeah. Access yeah. to voting is a good thing. So, yes. So. <laughs> Though I do think, Julie, I was telling Leanne, I think there might have been a Russian agent in line behind me. Because we're standing in line. I was at the Santa Monica Public Library. And this woman behind me starts telling everyone that you have to take, use your phone to take a picture of your ballot. Otherwise, there's no way for them to double check it, which I knew was a lie, right? That can't possibly be the new system that you have your ballot on your phone. So I was about to correct her myself, and then I decided... (laughs) 
that was not really my job. So I called an election monitor over and I said, Ooh, could you Liz. could you please explain to us again what the new process is? Because I wanted to say, because this woman behind me is feeding all of this misinformation <laughs> to everyone in line. Anyway, we got it. We got it all sorted out. I felt like that was the most important thing I could do as a citizen. And I think I might volunteer to be an election monitor come November. I think it's important that we participate and help. Good. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Great. Good. Okay. So moving on. So yeah, this weekend I went to the Box Sessions, which is a creativity conference that was created by longtime satellite sister Laura Holson. We had her on the show in That's early right. November to talk about it. She's a journalist at the New York Times, but she also just is fascinated at the process of creativity and has run her own personal creativity salon. Anyway, here's my my number one takeaway. What was so great about the box sessions is that it wasn't just people on stage talking about creativity or talking about their creative process. It was very interactive in a way that got you to do things instead of just hear about how to do things. So she had us drawing. She had us singing. She had us storytelling. And it was it was really super. So first up, like Solid Gold Satellite Sister, oh my God, the most entertaining person ever is Linda Berry, you know, the um, the comic artist. Yes. And just last year, she won a MacArthur Genius Grant. And I don't know what I expected. I just expected her to be like this nerdy little drawing person. No, she <laughs> she is a professor of interdisciplinary creativity uh, ah, in Wisconsin. So she's super good, Julie, on like how to start. Like what's the process? What and she really believes that everyone was born drawing and we just stopped drawing when we got to be about eight because then we realized we didn't know how to realistically render like a nose. And so once we realized we couldn't do it well, we just stopped doing it. That's she, about right. I mean, I haven't seen you do a draw in several years, Liz, I would say. Several I think years. that's safe to say. Yes. Yeah. But so, so, and she held up her hands and she wiggled her fingers and she said, these are the original digital devices. This oh, is I it. love that. Which is so true. And then, and she was also wearing, she's just such a pleasure. She was wearing like a big Chewbacca t-shirt. And which I was curious about when she came out. But then she said, you know, I just I just I find that when I'm wearing Chewbacca, everyone reacts more positively to me. <laughs> uh, she said one time one time I was maybe some of our presidential candidates. Should yeah. I know. It's true. Yeah. 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 Campaigning tip. Wear a Chewbacca shirt. She said one time I was walking through an airport and I didn't realize what I was wearing. But I noticed everyone was sort of waving to me or being nice to me. She said, and I'm walking through the airport thinking I've still got it like whatever the magic is so then I realized the reason like little kids were you know coming up is because I was wearing my Chewbacca shirt anyway <laughs> that's so, very funny so she did a workshop which I did not attend but I was so jealous of the people I did where she has you do a series of drawing exercises with your eyes closed like boom timed drawing she'll say okay close your eyes you have one minute draw yourself as a superhero. And then she did it again. One minute, draw yourself as an animal. One minute, draw yourself. And But the whole time, you just have to kind of be letting your hands go free. Not There's no thinking involved. Mm -hmm. She said, that's what you have to stop doing. You have to stop thinking. And the people that were there said it was amazing and it was fun. But what was really a revelation to them is then when they opened their eyes and looked at all five of their drawings at the end, 
that they actually had a personal style. She put, she made everyone kind of look at it and say, look, see, you have a particular way of expressing yourself in drawing because these drawings all have, you know, they're kind of, there's a theme that runs through all of these. So I thought that That's was... That's so interesting. But was there judgment, Liz? Because I no. imagine some people are just naturally better at drawing nope, or nope. their personal style. So you weren't intimidated uh, trying to be creative in ways that you haven't been creative in? She in said because... Years. Because comics drawing, you know, which is sort of where she really made her name, right. you can just render things however you want. This is not some, you know, 19th century salon where there are rules about, like, what a human face looks like. So you can just suggest things in whatever way your fingers and your imagination uh, suggest them. So everyone that was in that class, Julie, all I can tell you is they came out that it was sort of life-changing for them. And oh, wow. there's something about the spontaneity of it that they said was great. And she teaches classes at the University of Michigan, uh, Wisconsin to Ph.D. students, she said, who are all dreadfully unhappy, like their lives <laughs> are miserable. <laughs> so she realized the best way to make class more fun is she also has four-year-olds in the class. And that when you pair up miserable Ph.D. <laughs> students and four-year-olds, just an amazing creativity <laughs> comes forth. So that was really great. Then the next thing we all did, believe it or not, was sing together. And I was super skeptical about this, but Laura invited a woman named Lisa Forkish, who's on the faculty at the Oakland School of the Arts. And she's also the founder and the director of a, um, of like a national champion acapella group called Vocal Rush. But even oh. before she was a pro in college, she was in the acapella group Divisi that was the inspiration for Pitch Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Which I wow. have never seen. That's impressive. Okay. So, You've never seen that? No. You've never seen Pitch No. Liz. Okay, Liz, Come stop. On. You have to stop what Come you're on. doing right now. Go home and watch that. And then watch Cheer, which the both of you haven't watched yeah. either. I, I've watched Cheer now. Okay. We can talk about it later. So anyway, so she put us in a big circle, and then she just has you start making a noise, which, okay, you can... Just make. I'm not going to do it because then I'm going to end up singing alone yeah. here, which I'm not going to do. <laughs> no. And the next thing you know, you're making a note. And the next thing you know, you're singing several notes. And the next thing you know, the whole group is singing. And it was really, really fun. And then Vocal Rush, the group that she, that she coaches, they came out and, man, they can really sing. So that was it. So we did. There was drawing, then there was singing, and then there was storytelling. Can so, I ask a question? How yeah. come you don't sing? What do you mean? Like, why don't you ever sing? Do you just not have the opportunity to sing? or uh, Do you sing? I, you know, sing in church. Yeah, I sing Christmas carols. Yeah, I sing. I just never think sing to in the sing car. around the house. Sing you never the house. Like, sing at home? Yeah, with no. hoop. Oh. I will occasionally, like if a piece of music comes on that I really love, I will sing along with it, but not no, not okay. generally. No, <laughs> apparently I'm just very not. revealing, Liz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's yeah. Concerts, you sing yeah. along. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay, though I was as I drove to my polling place yesterday for some reason on my phone, like the the cast album to Hamilton came on so, as there I was you go. Go. So I sang along to Hamilton as I went to go. Okay, vote. that seemed like fate to me. All right, and then so then the last like hands on thing that everyone did was the moth came in oh. and they taught you sort of their basic structure for how they train people to tell five minute stories. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, wow, we've been doing the show now for like twenty years. <laughs> this would have been good twenty yeah. years ago to <laughs> learn. You want to know what? Here are the secrets. Uh, 
Pick a okay. theme. You have to yeah. know what your story is about. Uh -huh. Oh, God, I wish I thought of that. <laughs> then develop an arc for the story. Like, what changes over the course of the story? I mean, Leon, you're a novelist, so you're looking at me like, what are you, an idiot? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, whatever. Set up the stakes. Again, I'm sure you do that. <laughs> and then for storytelling, she said, know your first no know your first line and know your last line. Yeah, that's good. The advice. rest of it needs to feel uh, spontaneous. So anyway, we all got broken up into groups. Everybody did stories. And then some people, their names went in a hat. And they performed that night. They did an actual story oh, slam that night wow. for the whole group. So I just want to say Stephanie, Satellite Sister Stephanie, who is part of the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, longtime listener, she attended. She was in my storytelling group. And she got picked and did her story oh. from the stage that oh, night. Wow. So you were awesome, Stephanie. It was a pleasure to meet you and uh and you did a great job so it was the doing it was super fun oh super good fun. Liz, so, that and, you, and, you, and you've come home and you feel like renewed and more creative and yes, yes. No? well I feel like the key is to just try it just do it right. don't be you know we're, we just edit ourselves a lot from if we think we're not good at something, I mean, that's the fundamental thing. If you think you're not good at it, you just stop doing it. And what Linda Berry believes and what Laura Holson, who created the box session, believes is that it doesn't matter if you're any good at it. Just just do it. Right. So that's what we did. And I think everyone came away energized from that. Right. I mean, I would say that's the reason I do the dancing, and but I don't post yeah. the videos because yes. I don't actually want people's commentary on no judgment. how good I am. It's just really fun to do it and to be creative about it. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be, you know, that's that's the key. It's not expecting to be great at it. No. Why would you be great at it? No, why would you? If you'd be great at it, you'd be doing it every day, you know? <laughs> you would have figured that out a long time ago. But that yes. doesn't mean it can't be fun and spark other inspirational things in your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So, anyway, so it was great. I'll post a few things about it. But it was also great to meet Stephanie. So that that started me thinking about... The big event we're doing on May 17th, you know, it's always so fun to meet each other. We love meeting you if you've been listening for a long time. And that May 17th event in Washington, D.C. is going to be like a chance for us to meet a lot of you. And we're just super excited about it. So in case you didn't hear last week's announcement or read about it at SatelliteSisters.com, all five sisters, all five sisters will be celebrating 20 years of sisterhood. That's how long we've been doing Satellite Sisters at 6th and I on Sunday afternoon, May 17th. So that's Washington, D.C. So the three of us who do the show will be there, as well as Monica and Sheila. We're going to have some remembrances, some recollections, an interactive audience quiz. You know, you'll be able to ask us questions. Uh, we'll laugh. We'll cry. We'll do it all. Full on Satellite Sisters experience live um, at 6th and I, which is just an amazing facility. So it's a center for arts and entertainment and ideas. And uh, I know a lot of you have already bought tickets. That yeah, was exciting. Which is, that is really exciting. And because wasn't Washington, D.C. the number one destination, New York Times, this year for places yes. to go in 2020? Oh, so yeah. You yeah. have no you have no excuse. And what I love about Facebook is that on our in our Facebook group there's a lot of helpful travel tips about coming to Washington, how do you get the best fares, whether you should fly into Baltimore or what and you know ground transportation. I think if you're thinking about it or if you're on the edge, look in Facebook group. This this is mm -hmm. it's Washington DC people. You know, it's going to be great, right? Yes. Yes. And it's the tickets are twenty five dollars, right. or as I like to say, five dollars per sister. <laughs> so that is a steal. You're never going to get a better oh, deal than that. Good. Five dollars. 
dollars per sister. What are you waiting for? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that and we are spreading the link around all over the place. You can go to our website and find the link to the ticketed events at Sixth and I on our Facebook group. It's in our Instagram profile. There are plenty of places to find the ticket link. And we just wanted to make sure that everybody who wanted to get in is getting in. Yeah. Uh, because we had a knuckle biter. Uh, what is that? A nail biter a couple years <laughs> a ago. A knuckle Don't bite your too. knuckles. Yeah. That's really going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a nail biter in Santa Monica a couple years ago. Yeah. And we weren't sure we were going to be able to get everyone in. And yes. so we just want to make sure we know who's coming. Everyone who's ticketed is guaranteed a seat. And so yeah. that that's the point of that. Maybe so. we'll do some singing, some dancing. some. Maybe Leanne will perform for us. We'll see. We'll have to. I already <laughs> talked not, to. Let's not make any promises. Let's not make any promises. Yeah. I did talk to my dance teacher about it, though. Because remember, I do like a. I don't really perform alone. Yeah. So that's. that's like, that's my problem. So, and so unless, like, Liz, unless you wanted to learn the disco number. No, I do I not. I mean, so that no. that's a possibility. No. You, Sheila, and I could learn the disco number. But <laughs> but we will be having a lot of fun there in Washington, D.C. Yeah. There will be special and we'd merch. We'd love to see you. We, we absolutely. That's it. We want you to come. We would yeah. absolutely so, love to so see you. So the link is in the show notes. So if you swipe the cover art and whatever podcast app you're listening to right now, it's going to be right there. But it's also at SatelliteSisters.com. Or you can go to the 6th and I website. Many ways to buy tickets, and we suggest you do it now. Great. We will see you there. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting... Reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leon's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Okay, sisters, we're back. And uh, this is kind of an international news roundup because without a doubt, the number one story around the world has to be coronavirus, right? I mean, right. that that is what that is what in some ways is what's bringing us together. 
Now, we all know we have to wash our hands, and uh, I've been washing my hands a lot. I know you all, you, you and Liz have, have been doing mm-hmm. the same. Um, and I, I you know, work with a lot of early learning centers, and when they teach children to wash their hands, they always teach them the ABC songs so that the children wash their hands for the whole alphabet. So you learn the alphabet, and you oh. have clean hands, which... Oh. I think it's pretty good. You can do the happy birthday. I found this morning that I the monkey's theme song was what I was using <laughs> to wash my hands to. How about you? How are, what how is how that are monkey's coping? theme song? Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. You know, come on. <laughs> I don't See, know how we're singing on Satellite Sisters. It's an inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. That one? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Liz, that's mm-hmm. the one. Good work. Good work on the singing. Are you singing, Liz, when you're washing your hands? Well, I thought it was happy birthday I was supposed to be singing. And now I heard you're supposed to be singing happy birthday twice. So that's what I've been doing. All right. But not out loud. <laughs> I've been, uh, I saw a thread on Twitter the other day. They, it was brilliant. They did 20 second clips of all these different songs you could use. Oh. So Raspberry Beret. I'm doing the oh, chorus to Raspberry Beret. Beret. Oh my gosh, Liz. <laughs> Stop, Stop singing. Okay, <laughs> enough. So I think that's good. Use whatever song you need, you know, so that you're, you know, washing your hands. The part that I find impossible is the not touching your face, which is also key to not spreading this highly contagious virus is, and oh. most people, I think, on average, touch their face ninety times a day. How how are you doing on touching faces? Wow, I'm supposed to stop touching my face. Wow, I'd have to like tie my hands behind my back. You're right. not supposed. Yeah, I yeah. know. You're not supposed to touch your face. That is that's really almost as key as washing your hands. Wow. So yeah, mm. I've been trying really hard. I feel like I'm pretty good about not touching my face. I'm very conscious of it. Mm. So and I've been very healthy this winter, which yeah. has been good post op. For me, I've been surprised. I have not gotten sick at all because I've really been executing hand-washing, face-touching protocols that that I I put in place in October. So I feel like I'm in good shape. But The face-touching is kind of a new thing to me, Julie. So, okay. Okay. I mean, All right, you're gonna have to mm-hmm. you're gonna have to develop a strategy or a song uh, to carry you through, Liz. <laughs> so you're not touching your face. You know, I think there's this. I have been struck. You know, just about. You know, we talked about this early on. Not to panic. Just to listen to the CDC. Listen to you know the experts. Don't get ramped up with all the news, but it's very hard not get to getting ramped it up is. because this is a highly contagious virus. It's popping up all over the world. I did see some, what I thought was sort of encouraging context to put it in. Ian Bremmer, we've talked about him on the show before. He uh, he writes, you know, he's an expert, a globalist, and he writes a, a column on Global Watch. And he says, things to remember about this virus that never before has so much science been available to be to identify and respond to this virus so that's important now you know no, never before has there been so you know so many medical groups around the world looking to figure out you know how to how to how to solve this problem and how to share information globally that seems like that's working pretty well and never before have so many be- people been determined to create and distribute a vaccine for this virus so you know i found those sort of a, a calming perspective um, on you know on a situation that is easy to panic on now he did go on to say that 
you know, there is absolutely no political cooperation either here in this country or internationally, and there's no orientation towards cooperation. So maybe that's not so good. But um, but there are a lot of people, you know, that are really smart that are, you know, you know, deploying all kinds of resources um, to battle this virus. And I think that's important. Okay. okay. It is important, Julie. Just seems like a big, big story. Seems mm-hmm. like it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. But I'll yeah. try to remember that. More yeah. information oh. than ever. Okay. So uh, so no no more kissing, no more handshaking. Uh, I saw Angela Merkel has given up handshaking. So if mm-hmm. she's not hand- shaking people's hands, don't feel like you have to do that either. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I don't. Yeah, I'm all for that. I feel like that's just, all just awkward great. anyway. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, and then we do a lot of hugging and kissing here in California. We got to stop that. <laughs> Yeah. Right. It's just who yeah. do I hug? Who do I kiss? Just, just temporarily. Temporarily. That's yeah. what are you going to do? Just you wave know, just, to them. I like the awkward wave. Wave to them. Yes. The Give awkward them a nice wave. Nod. Sing them a tune, Liz. Yeah. I not think the, you can do it. Not the namaste. I know people have adopted. Yeah. The namaste. You can do that. I mean, yeah. that when I lived in Thailand, the Thai way is a way uh, is a is a mm-hmm. form of greeting. If if you feel like that's going to work, just would do whatever. But waving is good. Okay. You know, I I have a friend who's uh, Chinese, and she said um, her relatives in China said they have taken up touching feet instead of handshaking, just sort of touching feet, which I feel would make me fall over. Like if I had to, like, I don't know, pot a beret towards people and touch their feet, that's no good. No, that waving is better. That looks a little tricky. It looks tricky to execute. It looks tricky to execute. Yeah. So well, just wave and do that. Wash your hands. Work on it. Work on a song to, you know, that you can wash your hands to and stop touching your face. Are you touching your face right now, Liz? I no, can't see you. No, I am 100 percent not. But I probably have done it 10 times while you've been telling this story about not touching your face. It just is. I know. It's okay. just a thing you're unconscious of. All right. OK, let's move on. Um, oh, so I noticed that uh, in the paper yesterday that. The famous Joe of Trader Joe's had died. He did. And uh, so his name is Joe Coulomb. And, you know, Trader Joe's is a, like, national phenomenon now, uh, the grocery store. But, Leon, I did not know that the first Trader Joe's opened in 1967 in Pasadena. I can't believe you didn't know that. No, how would I know that? Well, I never I, knew that either. Oh, yeah. Oh. I knew it was in California. I didn't realize it was Pasadena. Right. Yeah. So is yeah. there a lot of Trader well, why Joe's? Why haven't pride? you ever taken us to the original Trader Joe's, Leanne? <laughs> you know yeah. why? Be for the same reason you can barely go to any Trader Joe's. Bad the parking, parking lot, lot yeah. is a nightmare, <laughs> and it's the original nightmare parking lot. And it's a tiny Trader Joe's on Arroyo Parkway. Uh huh. But it's the fir- I it's the first place I went uh, when I was a freshman in college. I, I was tapped to host a tea for the English department, which I, I don't even know how. I wasn't even an English major. But I was <laughs> apparently some sophomores felt like I actually knew how to make a cucumber sandwich oh, and appreciate okay. a watercress. So my friend Allison, uh, who was a sophomore, she said, we need to go to this place in Pasadena. Have you ever been to Trader Joe's? And at the time, there wasn't even a freeway between Claremont and Pasadena. So it took uh-huh. us 45 minutes. And I went to my first Trader Joe's there on Arroyo Parkway as a college freshman in 1983. Makes me sound super old now. But um, so, yeah, a lot of local pride for Joe. He really was a local resident. I mean, he sold Trader Joe's a while ago. Yeah, right. So, right. But he did believe in giving high-quality food to people like 
teachers and people who work for mm-hmm. the government. He said, you know, great food shouldn't just be for fancy people. Right. He, he was, said he said he wanted to serve everyone from underpaid musicians to out-of-work PhDs and that they could find elements of the lifestyle they aspire to for not too much money. Right. So if they, like, knew that there was something beyond Velveeta, Trader Joe's was there for that. Right. And it really was. I mean, it was a game changer for a lot of people, opened up a lot of eyes for people and had wonderful products. But it's also, I got to say, being new to Trader Joe's because I'm, you know, relatively recent Californian, I find the whole thing like a little bit intimidating. Like it's a club. It is. Like you either get Trader Joe's or you don't. Right. You know, it's all, there are the Hawaiian shirts and the fishnets and the pennants and the sort of nautical trappings and and they call each other like captain and first mate. And I just never really understand what's going on there. I never really, I feel like I'm not clued in. Like, okay, I'm going (laughs) to ask you this because I've never been brave enough to ask anyone. When they ring the bell, Leon, why? Three what? bells, Liz. Three bells. What That's, is the bell? It's a carryout, Liz. That's all it Come is? Come on. It's a carryout. <laughs> Three bells, Liz. That's what they yell. Three Did bells. you know that, Julie? I think they also do it for cash sometimes when they need additional cash yeah, okay. in the registers. So, yeah. you know, I remember once putting on this Satellite Sisters Facebook page, like, what happened to people bagging their own? Because that yeah. was very much part of the Trader Joe's aesthetic. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's much yeah. more of a real grocery store than it used to be. It really used to look like a food co-op, and it was just incredibly, uh, like, poorly organized checkout. Yeah. And you were just That was sort of their things. specialty, That yeah. was it. Like, everybody just was like a corral, <laughs> and then you bagged your own stuff. And people were like, well, you don't have to bag. But that was part of this Trader Joe's ethos. So, but, you know, they're famous. I mean, really, you could tell they're local because they have a float in the Rose Parade every year. And it's always just a delightful float. It's, uh-huh. They always look like they have the most fun putting their float together. They put the employees on the float. Like, that's how you know he's really a local guy. Okay. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, a lot of really nice remembrances on people's Facebook pages. I noticed uh, my friends from Pasadena who knew the family and, you know, uh, longtime supporters of the family. And he was a longtime supporter of a lot of local charities. Yeah. So there's a lot right. of love. I knew you would have the details because you think of supermarkets as sort of part of your lifestyle anyway. <laughs> It you is. feel very close to your yes. supermarket. Yeah. No, okay. I do. I do. I do. Which, oh, Liz, that leads us beautifully into our next story, which our is about... Story. <laughs> our next food-related story. next food-related story. So, you know, for the last couple of years, I've had several conversations with my sons about how expensive it is to order food from all those food ordering apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never been a big believer in that for many reasons. Like takeout food just is not part of my ethos, mainly because it's expensive. Like Mm -hmm. I always go to takeout food and I take it out and then I beat myself up on the way home. I'm like, I could have cooked the chicken for less money. Yes, I just, it's really Really? expensive. And when we were first married and many years into our marriage, we did not have a lot of money. So when you went to Boston Market, like it seemed convenient, but you're waiting in line for 20 minutes and then you're pointing at food and then you pay for it and it's like a fortune and you get home and it's just chicken and applesauce yeah. what the Julie, heck? no pointing at food there's just no Le- pointing Leon does not keep approve your, pointing Liz, at i think food. you need to keep your hands down just keep your hands down keep those digits on the table there yeah. okay. so now that my sons are you know college age and beyond apparently part of their generation they're zers and the they're the youngest millennials and the oldest uh, generation z and they don't apparently want to leave their couch for any anything. Yeah, there's, no, there's no reason they feel to ever leave their home. Yeah. Like, every 
everything should come to their home. Yeah. But I was trying to impress upon them that that is expensive. It does cost you. And they will, like, wave off the delivery fee. Well, Mom, it's just a, it's just a this, it's just a that. And I'm like, you know, it, it's not going to kill you to get up off your couch. It might actually be good for you. But... See, they so, believe in pointing at food. They're totally <laughs> fine pointing at food. Pointing, <laughs> tapping, swiping. And it's so funny because they grew up with just completely delicious home-cooked food yes, that you make for you, them Julie. every single night, every multiple night. meals yes. a day. Yep. You know, so, but yep. they just want to be on their couch and yep. press nap. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're taking this personally that they reject everything you stand for. Yeah. So here's the deal. So the New York Times, in the personal tech section, they really did a comparison. Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats. Okay, Postmates and Uber Eats are a fortune. Okay, imagine two six-inch turkey subs from Subway. Yeah. Okay, not even very good sandwiches. Yeah. Okay? So at the store, it would cost you $13.21. Yes. If you got up off your couch and went to get them, Uh the mediocre turkey sandwiches. Uber Eats would charge you $25.21. Really? A 91% markup. Postmates was a 63% markup. You know, Grubhub, 25% markup. And the markups are sort of hidden. Yes, there's a delivery fee, but very often the restaurants are also charging you. You get the Grubhub delivery free, but also it's a little bit of a markup. Oh, you're not in the store. Okay, we're going to charge more for the sandwich. Yeah. You know, so it's like a double dip. And your son's tip whoever is the delivery person? Yes, they do tip, and that's not included in these prices. Right. All right. How about something like, uh, you know, who wouldn't like a family family meal from Panda Express, right? (laughs) I mean, sure. Okay, that's every once in a while we would go to Panda Express and get the $39 Panda Express family meal. Uh Okay. But just now, if you go in the store, they already are charging you more for takeout. It's 42 bucks. It can charge you up to $65 to get the $39 Panda Express on Uber Eats, Postmates. That is just actual money. So yeah. here's what it leads me to. Are we running we out of time? What are you going to no. do? No. do about we this? We cannot stop you. Because we know we cannot stop you no matter what time it I is. I know. Because because this is the thing. Every time you try to talk to someone in the 18 to 25 age group, yeah. this is what you hear back. You know, you're. it's not just about the lattes. We have student debt. We're never going to be able to buy a house. They're not giving away homes like they were wow. when you and dad bought it. Oh, they go to extreme. Generational grievances. <laughs> a lot of generational grievances. <laughs> we can't get full-time work. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to have to pay for our health insurance, and that's really expensive. And you're like, I'm just talking about maybe getting off your couch every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. And like, hey, buddy. I'm Gen Z. I mean, I mean, I'm a Gen Xer. Okay, yeah. don't talk to me about the gig economy. You got we, screwed. We you... invented it. I've been gigging <laughs> since 1993. Oh my God, I had student debt. You yeah, know, right. we had several recessions and a stock market crash. Yes, I we have did. That this ne- must have been such a lovely family. Discussion. It was. This was like after my birthday lunch when <laughs> my son just signed up. I was like, "Go enjoy your big house all by yourself." <laughs> So this is the Gen wow. X generational grievances versus the Gen Z generational grievances. Like, and blame it on Postmates, baby. Okay, Leon, would the solution be if they want some fast food that you get in the car, go get it no. and bring it to them? No, of course not. Them happy? No, of course no. not, Julie. And, you know, they're, they, they are learning that cooking is much, much cheaper. Like yes. now that they are okay, paying good. for their own food. So. Good. It's just, right, occasional lattes are not going to kill you. But if right. you are routinely paying $25 for two 
you know, Subway, Subway sandwiches. Sa- inferior turkey yeah. sandwiches. You're never going to own a home. That is just uh, are stupid. They, are they putting these inferior turkey sandwiches on their cheese boards, Leanne? Is that, yeah. Are they boarding it? No, okay. I mean, it's just it just is kind of a waste of money. And so I yeah. humbly suggest they learn to go to the store and cook a few things. Like, yeah. you know, these are base. get some get some eggs, cook some omelets, you know, scrambled eggs. That's totally fine. Yeah. Pasta's delicious. Mm, delicious. Everyone can figure out how to cook cook chicken or a turkey burger or a chicken burger or anything just occasionally go to the store and cook your own food you might discover that you like it and my younger son has actually discovered that he enjoys cooking and he raves about the bon appetit cooking youtube channel he said he's learned a ton from cooking from watching that again liz as you pointed out 20 years of me standing in the kitchen cooking didn't learn anything no No. bon appetit youtube fine So I'm just saying, like, those things are expensive and they add up. So Mm -hmm. try cooking. It's probably better for you. You might enjoy it. It can be a collective activity, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. and probably healthier for you. And you're going to save a lot of money. So that's my just my humble plea. Okay. That was not, <laughs> was not humble. At all. There seemed to be just a touch of rage in there too, Leanne, but that's okay. That's it was okay. verging we on harangue. We support it. Thank we you. totally support your position. Yes, you're right, of course. Thank you. We're not Liz. disputing that you are correct. Yes, I'm just saying. In the war of generational grievances. <laughs> Really, because Gen X never wins any war of generational we grievances. We don't right. even, we're not even in the conversation no, usually. No, no, no. So no. Don't, don't at me, bro. Ju- Julie your- and I are both boomers. They're like, right. boomers are just crushing you people. You live in large over there. Don't at me, <laughs> don't at me, bro, with your college debt stories. It is worse now. I'm going to tell you that. It's worse now. But Okay. Okay. <laughs> but learning to cook can save you money. End of story. Okay. Do we have any other stories? Should we move on? No, no we it. need to move on. Okay. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to. What? We had another Are thing. Are we doing we were... a show? What is yes. it? <laughs> we're going to ads now, Leon. Okay. We're, we're moving on. You, All right. You've, you've said your piece, right? You're done? You said everything you wanted to say about that? Uh, about roasting your own chicken? Okay, I'm good. I'm done. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling uh, and chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you know, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips 
free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Well, fearless seems to be the word of the day. Like, be creative. Fearless Flyer, isn't that the name of the Trader Joe's newsletter? Yes, yes it is. is. Okay. It is. Yeah, let's all be fearless. Okay, so speaking of which, I'm going to do a quick sports report because we're in the time now where Olympic teams are starting to get chosen for various things. And this past weekend was the <clears throat> the Olympic marathon trial for the United States. So the race was in Atlanta, men and women racing, top three uh, on each side, qualify for the Olympic team. And you can look it up yourself, who won and what the whole deal was. But I just want to shout out to the two second place finishers. Uh, the second place male finisher, his name is Abdi Abdi Rahman. He was originally born in Somalia, but he, he went to high school and college here in the U.S., became a U.S. citizen in 2000. But I love about Abdi's story. He will be the oldest U.S. Olympic runner in history. He is 43 years old. That's amazing. 43. Wow. 43, That's- Julie. Qualified for the Olympic marathon. Okay, so congrats to Abdi. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, uh, the second place female finisher, my goodness, Molly Seidel. Okay, here's the I deal. love this story, Liz. It's Tell so good, it. right? So she's 25 years old. She was a really good college runner, but had been sort of up and down since then, had been injured a lot. She's working two jobs. She works in a coffee shop, and she's a babysitter. She shares an apartment with her sister, so okay, that she automatically gets on our radar for that. And as a matter of fact, during the race, she gave her sister a high five at mile seven. Like, when have you ever seen an elite <laughs> runner like make a point of high-fiving their family on the course? That does not usually happen. Uh, she also, you can see all over the internet, every year she goes to the turkey trot in the town in her native Wisconsin, and she wears a turkey costume. Oh, that's funny. So this we is a runner that. who's still wearing a turkey costume, and she's quoted as saying, there's nothing better than beating the boys while dressed as a turkey. So, okay, Molly, we're all for that. But here's the thing that amazed me the most. So she came in second. She qualified for the trials by running a very fast half marathon time. So, Julie, Molly Seidel had never actually raced a marathon before. I, she had I, never I, done I a marathon. I just can't even believe that. And now, and she came in second. That's, yes. Do you think it's a fluke? Like, she won't be able to do that at the Olympics? Or uh, do you knows? think this is really her moment and her time and she's just going to... Uh, go even faster. I think that's why the competitions are so thrilling. You never know what's going to happen. It could be, it could just be that she was so relaxed. Right. That she's like, okay, I'm just going. And she said at mile 21, she thought, okay, I'm going to crash and burn or I'm going to make it. But she just went for it. So can she pull that off again in Tokyo? I don't know. We'll find out. But congrats both to uh, Abdi and to Molly for like being just great. St- Again, this is what's so great about the Olympics. So many great stories about the Olympic athletes. So congrats. There I you lo- go. I love that Laura in our Facebook group, when you posted the story, she wrote, she's my neighbor's babysitter. Amazing. I mean, <laughs> this is fantastic. Thank you, Laura. Great. That's great. fantastic. See, I mean, these are real people. I know. That's, it's just so great. They're actual real people. And that, you know, there were 450 women in that marathon, and that qualifying time is what, 245 or 247? So that's a lot of fast women. Yes. I mean, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a fast time to qualify, and that, that we have 450 women that can qualify really right. says a lot. So that's fantastic. So they're going to be more My fastest marathon time, 
four fifty nine. <laughs> That's good, Liz. Just you want, did a marathon. Just wanted you, to get in under five hours. Yeah, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. You got you I got. crashed and burned there the last mile in Central Park. <laughs> okay, but you got a medal. We're proud of you. As my husband likes to remind me, well, I could have qualified because he did a two thirty seven. I know, but I know, but he was a But t- he didn't. He uh, didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he could have qualified for the women's oh, marathon. Oh, yeah. Me, 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 I know. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I hate that. I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I think we I'll need, now him. we're crashing and burning I'll on this him. uplifting, okay, what else do we have to story. Okay. okay. Can we move on to entertaining sisters and sure. some of our book rec- recommendations? Yes. I have one, and I'm I'm classifying this as the late to the party book recommendation. You know how that is? Like a book is very popular a couple of years ago, and for whatever reason, you never got around to reading it. Right. And so now other books have come out, and you don't think you should go back. I don't know. But I this is my late to the party book recommendation. This was a New York Times number one bestseller. It was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize, When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi. I don't know if you've heard this story, but this is a profoundly moving memoir about about Dr. Paul Kalanithi, who was 36 years old. He was on the verge of completing his training as a neurosurgeon, Um, uh, but he had already received like a master's in English literature and then decided to go into, you know, to become a doctor, a neurosurgeon. And then he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. So one day he was a doctor, the next day he became a patient. And this is just, this is his story. It's absolutely beautifully written. And it's about life, it's about death, it's about suffering and loss, but ultimately it is such a life-affirming book to read. And I think as, particularly in the context of all the things we've been talking about today, uh, to think about caregivers, to think about patients, to think about illness, uh, this is just, uh, if you haven't read it like I hadn't read it, uh, please put that on your list, When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi. Okay. All right. All right, Julie. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, that's true. You know, we have a tendency to sort of not go back to older books to want yes. to recommend the next big thing. And yeah. Right. There's certainly a dozen on my to-be-read list. And so uh, I've always heard good things about that, but I have yeah. not read it. And I think his widow has also gone on to write a book now she, and everything. Right. And right? she contributes to the end of this book because okay. he was not able to finish writing the book. But, um, yeah. So she's okay. a doctor as well. Yep. All right. Thank you very much for that. We'll always put the name of the books in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're in the show notes. And usually we also post in the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I have two new books to, to recommend. Uh, the first is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. I read it over the weekend. Julie, you said to me, Leanne, you should relax this weekend. Just relax and read a book. So I did. I read Such a... <laughs> Good, Sometimes I listen to you. Um, (laughs) So I read Such a Fun Age. Of course, Reese Witherspoon read it first, and she recommended it. So it's an instant (laughs) New York Times bestseller. I don't feel like Kylie needs my help in the sales department. But you know what? It was a really enjoyable book. And it's an interesting look at race and privilege and class. And some of the storylines are not what you expect. And the conclusions are sort of delightful and fresh and new. Kylie is an excellent writer, and she has a fantastic ear for dialogue, so I like that. But at the centerpiece of this is is an African-American babysitter with a white uh, mom. Mm-hmm. And what I enjoyed was the the mother babysitter relationship, because as someone who had, um, you know, help in my home for about 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. like that is an interesting 
super personal, mm-hmm. vaguely professional, vaguely family relationship, one that I always tried to walk the line being the employer, not the friend. Uh-huh. And I think she really nailed that relationship. It's complicated, you know, no matter what the dynamics are. So I liked that. I know a lot of the talk has been about um, covering the race issues in the book, which I think she does very deftly. But that centerpiece relationship between the babysitter and the mom, I thought she also handled well. So Such a Fun Age is the name of the book. (laughs) So, uh, Reese, you were right. Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) Um, Good choice. All right. Another another book just comes out today uh, called You Are Not Alone. It's a thriller by the pair uh, Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen. They've written a couple of other best-selling thrillers. It's a page turner, you know, just something really fun to read, a compulsive narrative. You're just going to want to know what's happening, what's happening, where the twist's going to be. I'm excited to say that Greer and Sarah will be on the show in a couple of weeks. We'll be talking to them about You Are Not Alone. I can't wait. But today is the publication date for the book. So, Liz, you're always looking for good audiobook recommendations. Yes. Uh-huh. I think this would be an excellent audiobook oh. in particular. I think thrillers are great as audiobooks, yes. like yeah. especially if you're on a long drive or something. Right. You can just get totally absorbed and they move quickly. Right. And this one's about a group of. You know, friends, frenemies in New York City. You don't really know what their motivation is. Mm. The centerpiece of it are some sisters that mm. are they the good guys or the bad guys? Oh, the main character good. is she is she gonna suddenly go south on us? And the inciting incident is one of those horrific New York City things that you think, I hope I never see that. So that's uh, all I'm going to say. Okay. So the book Good is... Good tease, Leah. Thank you. The book, What's the title of this book? You Are Not Alone. Okay. Which would be like, it's very Satellite's history if we were all awful. <laughs> 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 that's not true. Uh, not all the characters are awful, but you don't know who the awful ones are. So that okay. it keeps you guessing till the very end. So I'm excited to talk to Greer and Sarah in a couple of weeks. But if you want to get reading, I would highly recommend it. You Are Not Alone. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of books that are about to come out, yes. uh, the Sweeney Sisters, Tick, yes. Tick, Tick, yes. your publication date is April 28th, right? April 28th. So if, so you're, exciting. if you're out there buying some of these other books, feel free to pre-order. Uh, Go for it. Pre-order is very helpful for me. I just learned, uh, I learned something new every day about my business. You know, you try to be focused on the writing piece of it. That's a but, good place to But then focus. when the book comes to publication, you you try to figure out some other stuff. And those pre-orders, they really, really help. If you want to pre-order at your local bookstore mm-hmm. or at something like an Amazon, you can do both. Those are both super helpful. So okay. the Sweeney okay. Sisters comes out at the end of April, but we're giving some copies away early. The winner this week from Facebook is Ellen. Thanks, Ellen. A picture of you and your longtime satellite sisters on Facebook. They were at a Bruce Springsteen concert in New York City. So again, it's like it wasn't a random drawing, but it was a random drawing. Totally random. So Ellen, fantastic. Great picture. And on Instagram, Angela. There you are with your friend in Sedona. Beautiful photo. Happy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'll be DMing you to get your address, and uh, the publisher will send those books out. So, Ellen and Angela, thank you. You have one more week to submit your photos. Uh, use the hashtag SatSisters and hashtag the Sweeney Sisters. The Sweeney Sisters. I the noticed Sweeney Sisters. Some people are just putting Sweeney Sisters. So, you know, oh, okay. if Leon's going to find you, hashtag right. The Sweeney Sisters. Yes, the hashtag is what I use to search for the photo for the random drawing. Just that's how it works. Okay. Uh, so, 
That's how I work it anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's Good. how I work it. It's your thing. It's my thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. We would like to thank uh, Sergio for all his support here at Satellite Sisters. <laughs> support. I mean, he edits the show. <laughs> but he does more. So far beyond support. So, yeah. He's just, yeah, he's just there. Without man- Sergio, the best. it's yeah, not the happening. Best. Yeah. So thank you, Sergio Enriquez. Thanks to everybody at Wondry that supports Satellite Sisters. We appreciate the whole team here. Such a good group. Very solid. You know, I feel like we have very loyal sponsors, and we are so grateful that listeners support them. Yes, that's how it works, and we appreciate that, you know, the sponsors support us, and you support the sponsors. That allows us to stay on the air. All right, sisters, to-do time. Uh, Julie, what's on your to-do list this week? Okay, I just want to say this started 10 days ago, okay? 10 days ago, I ordered face masks on Amazon, okay? You are not supposed to do that. I know, but that was before the Surgeon General came out and said, please don't do that. That was before, you know, all over Facebook, all these lovely nurses and doctors are saying, please don't do it. So... I haven't received them, but when I receive them, I need to find a place to donate them back because I I feel too guilty to use them. And I know they're not effective for people who don't have the virus. I did not know that. I thought I was getting ahead of the curb curve by ordering them early. Uh, I know that I stand corrected. If I actually receive these face masks, I would like to find some place to donate them. You should donate them to that assisted living place where we had dad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those those healthcare workers Mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. are, they are, they are really on the front line. So, mm-hmm. yep. okay, Julie, we, we forgive you. Did you bulk order toilet paper, though, too? Are you that kind of person? <laughs> no, no I, I'm not telling you. I'm okay. not telling you. <laughs> okay. Liz, what's on your to-do list? Well, you know, it's a, uh, it's a small surgical procedure uh, with Doogie Hauser that I'll be having yeah. on Friday. They, I, I developed oh. a, a lump on the back of my neck like two months ago, and I was ignoring it because that's what I do. It's because it's on the back of my neck. I can't see it. So I figure... And don't touch it, Liz, because that's <laughs> near your face. Okay, oh, but carry true. Yeah. But I figure if you can't see it, it can't hurt you, right? And then but, I started to think about what you went through last fall. Right. And your, your colonoscopy screening where they found something that was, in fact, dangerous, cancer, and they took it out. So I thought, maybe I should have someone look yeah. at this lump on the back of my neck. That is actually quite painful. So I went oh. in. Yeah, so I went in last week, and it was like a resident, and it took him 10 seconds to say, that's a cyst. And so I was a little annoyed to admit it. Like, the uh, the copay was 80 bucks because they're a specialist, 20 bucks to park the car. Doogie spends 10 seconds looking at my neck, tells me I have a cyst, and that I have to come back this week so that they can remove it, put in a few stitches, whatever. So I'm following through, but right. it's a it's a form of, like, uh, self-care that I would not have otherwise bothered with if it weren't for what I learned from you, Leanne, about, you know, you have to pay attention to these things, these screenings and normal stuff. And, you know, having a doctor look at it was a good idea. It was a good idea, yeah. Liz. So and even though it it's was... harmless, it's still, you right. know, I'm going to get rid of it. You're and, on it now and yeah. you're in touch, in tune with it. So yes. I'm proud of you. That's mm-hmm. good. That's so good. Fr- Friday, I'm getting that taken care of. Okay. Well. And how uh, about you? Well, it's showtime. I mean, we have the big what? dance show this week. <laughs> That's right. Oh, good. Oh, Liam. So, oh, yeah. Did you bring me a ticket? You said oh, you were going to. shoot. Okay. I'll leave it at the. Okay. I'll leave Whatever. it at the desk. Yeah, I'll buy one. I don't no. care, but. <laughs> It's Talk just to Leanne's like... assistant, Liz. That's yeah. What, yeah. yeah, so it's showtime. I'm, I'm going to be ready for our big dance performance on Saturday. So yes. uh, looking forward to it. 
I, I think I think I'll be ready. I had some good rehearsal last week. Yeah. I have some more rehearsal set up. So now, as a refresher, you have a big Janet Jackson number. Correct? Yes, I'm yes. doing the Cha Cha to Rhythm Nation, but <laughs> it has a lot of Janet choreography, which is really challenging. I cannot wait. And if you're wondering, like, what is she talking about? Just go look at the, that music video, which is a classic. Yes. I mean, the choreography. And so I'm not. I'm doing a tiny portion of that. Yeah. Uh, but at full speed, you know, it's not half speed. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that is good, Liam. You should always my, live your life at full speed. My <laughs> biggest problem seems to be breathing during the routine. Like oh, last okay. week, I was like, I got to the near end and I was like, <gasps> I was like gasping for air. He's like, you have to breathe. I go, yes. I, know, I can't breathe. I know. So. That's why it always amazes me that they can dance that choreography and sing, and sing. at the same time. It's Imagine if you had to sing. No. Next year, maybe, Liz. Yeah. You're an inspiration. It all comes back to singing. <laughs> maybe I'll, you can do it. Maybe I'll do it. All right. So that is our show for the week. Uh, thanks to everybody who listens to Satellite. It was a Satellite. Super Tuesday. I feel like it was a Super Tuesday. I feel like it was a Super Tuesday. All right. Have a great week, sisters. You, you too, too Liam. And don't forget, call your Satellite sister. <laughs> <laughs>